At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. A warmer from Lilo. Welcome to Lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the VC Family Podcast, and we've got a tremendous podcast for you. It's in the second segment, I'm going to be joined by Scott Seidenberg. Occasionally, you guys see me filling in for Scott on the look at, and Scott does an absolutely amazing job with that show, so I'm always honored whenever I get to wind up warm in the seat for him. In the second segment, we're going to be taking a look at teams that wound up getting upgraded the most at the trade deadline, teams that he's had to adjust his values on a little bit. We're going to be talking about both New York teams, where they stand in regards to being able to win both their divisions, along with the American League and the National League, respectively. We're going to take a look at a few games that we've got for this Saturday as well. So, a little bit of an everything chat there with Scott in the second segment. Then in the final segment, going to give you guys picks and analysis on every game on the betting for this MLB Saturday as we touch them all. I believe that this is the most games that we've had on a single day this season as we're going to get two double dips for 17 games in total. So that is going to be a lot of fun. And if you do have a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at jadenunderscore one Keep in mind, letters CM. Name does not matter. So as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. The other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Five that five star review really did not wind up getting in a lot of Twitter questions today, but in a great day of baseball that went down on Friday. So let's take a look back at it. Try to find some trends and try to get to know these teams a little bit better. A game from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the Rowdy recap. The St. Louis Cardinals wind up being able to complete a rally against the New York Yankees. 4-3 to three the final as Paul DeYoung was 
not had the world's greatest seeds and entered into this game hitting right around a buck 35. He delivers a big RBI double that allows St. Louis to get the win after Nessa Cortez went to a relatively solid start. He did wind up having some bumps along the way with four walks in five and a third innings, but wound up giving up just two runs. Scott efforts four outside the bullpen without giving up a run. Albert Tabreo Jr. was able to give you an out as well, but Clay Holmes, he came on to try to hold down the fourth in the eighth inning and then gives up that RBI double and for the New York Yankees, just three of 11 with men in scoring position. No home runs as Andre Pallanti wound up pretty much piggybacking off of Dakota Hudson as both men wind up lending four innings. Hudson gives up three runs. Pallanti four scoreless out of the bullpen before Ryan Elsley comes on. He lowers his ERA to a 0.61 as he gets a save thanks to a scoreless inning. Dylan Cease in the AL Cy Young race. He didn't hurt his cause on Friday as he winds up lending six innings, giving up one run as the White Sox get a 2-1 to win. All of a sudden, the White Sox have been playing a little bit of better baseball, by the way, as Joe Kelly, Kendall Graven, Liam Hendricks, I'll give you a scoreless hang out of the bullpen. Only five punch outs per first cease, but did exactly what the team needed to be able to get the victory in Evil A. Menace. He did what was needed to get a win as well. He gets his sixth home run of the season. That comes off of Glenn Otto. Wound up having one of his better starts in this one. Two runs surrendered over the course of six innings. He had given up three plus and I believe five out of his last six starts. Josh Shorbich, two scoreless innings out of the bullpen. And Jose Leclerc, a scoreless inning as well. But not a lot doing for the Texas Rangers on offense. Just three hits in total for them. Quite a bit of something doing for the Arizona Diamondbacks on offense. So six to five, they wind up taking down the Colorado Rockies as... The Rockies, well, it was rocky for them. They wound up being up three runs going into the bottom of the seventh inning, and then things went down the toilet bowl. Irma Marquez, actually a relatively solid start. Two runs surrendered over the course of six innings. I believe that he's now given up three or fewer in three out of his last five starts, so he's been able to shape up, but he did wind up giving up a home run to Dalton Varshow, 15th home run season. For Mad Bum, he looked like a bum in this one. Five runs, four of which weren't surrendered in five and two-thirds innings, including a homer and ten hits in total. Going deep for Colorado, Randall Grichik, his 11th home run season, but for Colorado, bullpen was an issue. Lucas Gilbreth gives up two runs in a third of an inning. Robert Stevenson is able to give a pair of outs out of the bullpen, but Alex Calame winds giving up two runs in his inning of work as for Arizona. Kevin Ginkle, always oh, a random name, he winds up blending one and a third inning scoreless. Chris Savinsky strikes out the side without a run surrendered in his inning of work, and Ian Kennedy gets a save. He winds up blending a scoreless inning. The Boston Red Sox get back on track. They take down the Kansas City Royals by kind of seven to four for the Red Sox. Been a little bit brutal for them. They are now six and nine in their last fifteen games, but they were able to go five of eighteen with men in scoring position as Josh Winkowski lived up to his name against the team that wound up trading him in the Andrew Benintendi deal. He got the win, giving up one run over the course of five innings. That one run, a solo run to Salvador Perez, who has all of a sudden gotten very hot with bat back to back. Games with a home run for him, 16th home run season, and Zach Greinke. Yeah, figured there was going to be regression with his sub-2 ERA at home, and there was. Giving up four runs in four and two-thirds innings from there. He did have Amir Garrett out of the bullpen, give up an unearned run in an inning. Wyatt Mills and Joel Pyamps combined to be able to lend three scoreless innings for Josh Shamon. He gives up two runs while getting just an out of the bullpen, and for Boston, Austin Davis, not great here. He gives up three runs in a third of an inning, but John Schreiber, five outs out of the bullpen, scoreless to be able to preserve this one. Ryan Brazier along to both able to give you a scoreless setting. You did wind up seeing out there in the American League, the Houston Astros pummel the Cleveland Guardians 9-3 the final in this one. As for Houston, Robert Valdez, not necessarily is A-plus stuff here. Three runs surrendered over the course of six and a third innings with what we've been seeing out of Dylan C's. 
Justin Verlander and Shane McClanahan. I think that he's falling out of the Cy Young race, but still has been a solid season. He did wind up giving up a home run in this one as Amid Rosario was able to get his seventh home run of the season. And it was the MLB debut of Hunter Gaddis, and boy, did it not go well. Eight runs surrendered in three and a third innings, including a pair of bombs by Trey Boom Boom Mancini. His 12th and 13th home runs of the season, and he's got three home runs since going over to Houston just a few days ago. Sam Edges was able to end two and two-thirds innings scoreless, and Yadier Los Santos eats two innings, giving up a run, and Brian Shaw scoreless ending him for Houston. Top bullpen in terms of ERA in the big leagues lived up to it. Brian Abreu was able to give you a scoreless setting, striking out the side on 11 pitches, and Seth Martinez won in two-thirds innings scoreless. So, Astros able to get another win, and a rare over for the Astros, who are playing right around 63% of their games to the under. Right now, the Washington Nationals are playing most of their games to a loss. They are now 36-72 and 72 as Philadelphia gets it done by a count of 7-2. Josiah Gray, six runs surrendered in four innings, and Four home runs allowed going deep for the Philadelphia Phillies. Nick Cassiano's 10th home run season. JT Remuto is 11th. Kyle Schwarber, he gets his 34th home run season. Reese Hoskins is 22nd. And then Derek Hall, he winds up being able to get his 6th. So that was not great as the Schwarber home run actually wound up coming off of Victor Orano. Orano winds up giving up a home run in his ending of work. Andres Machado, he scoreless ending. And Erasmo Ramirez, two scoreless innings. And for Josiah Gray, he's still giving up 28 home runs this year and 106 innings. In case we were wondering, yeah, that leads the big leagues and that leads by a very wide margin for Kyle Gibson. Solid start here. One run surrendered over the course of eight innings. It had been touch and go with him all season long in the bright end. He allows a run in an inning to be able to close things up. Not a lot of scoring in Baltimore. The Orioles get it done by a count of 1-0 over Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh goes 0-6 with men in scoring position, and Dean Kramer was able to hold them down to 6 and a third inning scoreless. CNL Perez and Felix Batista combined for 2 and 2 thirds inning scoreless, and for Baltimore, it was small ball that wanted getting it done for them. Just 2 of 15 with men in scoring position, but lone run in the game comes on a Ramon Urias infield single as this was a very solid start for Mitch Keller. A tough luck loser here. He does allow 8 hits in his 6 innings of work, but Allows just one run in the process. Many Benuelos, along with Udo Mess with the Johan Ramirez, both give you a scoreless inning from there. Talking about tough luck for a Miami Marlins starter, Edward Cabrera, first start off the injured list, delivers five no-hit innings, was pulled just because it was his first start. He was on a strict pitch count, but that said, the Cubs get it done by a count of 2-1 to one after Cabrera leaves after five no-hit innings. So you wind up having the combination of Steven Okert along with Uskar Blazobin, both give you a scoreless inning. Anthony Bender, a scoreless inning, and then Dylan Floro winds up allowing home run to Wilson Contreras for Contreras' his 16th home run season. That dooms the team as Justin Steele was as strong as Steele. Not often that you see a guy wind up giving up no runs and gets 10 strikeouts and goes fewer than five innings, four and two-thirds innings from Michael Rucker from there. Four outside the bullpen scoreless, you had Brandon Hughes and Rowan Wick. Both give you four outside the bullpen without allowing anything as Erich Human. He winds up giving up a run in a third of an inning, but for the Miami Marlins, lots of wasted opportunities as they stranded 11 men on base, so that was tough luck out there. The Milwaukee Brewers, they wind up being able to take down the Cincinnati Reds by a count of 5-1. to one. Brewers, by the way, have scored at least four runs in all but one of their games against the Cincinnati Reds thus far this season. They have just pummeled them, and Robert Duggar, well, he dug the team a grave as he winds up giving up all five runs, including two home runs in four innings as Tyrone Taylor winds up getting his 12th home run season, and Rowdy Tellez is winding second. From there, the bullpen was not too bad. Ian Gabo, Ravier, and Martin combined for two scoreless innings, and Luis Sessa, Ross Setweiler. They both give you a scoreless inning, but nothing doing for the Red Legs on offense. Eric Lauer is best start in quite a while. One run surrendered over the course of seven innings. 
Trevor Gott and Devin Williams combined to be able to lend two scoreless settings as Williams able to come in and get the save. You were able to see a very high-scoring game out there in New York. Uh, the Mets with the DK Nation pick, and Taiwan Walker wound up costing that one. 9-6 of final. Taiwan Walker had allowed three runs or fewer. 16 out of his last 18 starts gave up eight runs in one inning, including a pair of bombs. Going deep for the Atlanta Braves, having Eddie Rosario get his third home run season, and then Michael Harris, the second, get his seventh. A little bit later on, William Contreras would get his 14th home run season. That comes off of Tommy Underis. I mean, the bullpen of the Mets did their part. Hunter gives up that home run over the course of two innings. Michael Givens, Joey Rodriguez, both one day scoreless inning, and Trevor Williams, unexpectedly, four scoreless innings. Tell I'm a little bit salty, I am, because you do have the Mets wind up putting up six in this one, going five of 14 with men in scoring position. Jeff McDeal gets a home run late off of Kenley Jansen. Sixth home run season. Jansen not look great this far this season. He gives up a solo home run in his inning of work, now posting up a 3.57 ERA as Ian Anderson. Not a great start himself. Four walks and four runs allowed in four and two-thirds innings. Still only gives up a run in two-thirds of an inning before A.J. Minter, Colin McHugh, combined to get five outs out of the bullpen and Rossi Iglesias. His debut, I believe, with the Atlanta Braves, he was able to lend a scoreless inning as well. The Tampa Bay Rays go to Detroit, and they wind up getting the job done by a count of five to three as Corey Kluber, not necessarily the world's greatest start, especially against the Tigers, gives up three runs over the course of six innings, including a home run to Riley Green. Third home run season, Brian Garcia. An unexpectedly really good start here for Detroit. He did walk six, but he goes four scoreless innings. From there, Will Vest and Jason Foley both give up one run in two-thirds of an inning. Andrew Chafin was able to give you four outs out of the bullpen, but Joey Menez, who had been rock solid for the team for much of the season, gives up three runs in a third of an inning before Jose Cicerno and Gregory Soto both lend a scoreless inning for the Tampa Bay Rays. Four of 11 with men in scoring position. They strand 13 men on base, but Jalen Beeks, Jason Adam, Colin Pooch, I'll give you a scoreless inning for the Rays to be able to get the job done in this one. Also being able to get the job done, you did wind up seeing the LA Dodgers wind up hosting the San Diego Padres. It was a very, very good start for Tony Gonsolin in this one for Gonsolin. Five scoreless innings from there. David Price, Reyes Mananta were able to lend three scoreless innings before they were able to close this thing out very easily. And then for the San Diego Padres, nothing doing for this high-powered offense as you wind up having Chaminea give another absolutely bad start. This guy's been all over the place. Eight runs surrendered in four innings. None of them were even homers, by the way, as Stephen Wilson, two scoreless innings. Adrian Bodajon was able to give you a scoreless inning along with Matthew Batten. And for the LA Dodgers, just everyone being able to light it up as the Dodgers now 73 wins on the season. All but eight have been by multiple runs. And then you wind up seeing the LA Angels wind up going on the road, and they wind up taking on the Seattle Mariners as the Angels wound up having this game at 1-0 for quite a while before they bust things open with a Max Stassi home run. His seventh home run season that comes off of one Orion Baruki as Baruki came in in that ninth inning and allowed those two runs. Robbie Ray, a tough luck loser. One run surrendered over the course of seven innings, punching out ten. Eric Swanson was able to end a scoreless setting as well. And for Seattle, tell that they're missing Julio Rodriguez going into the bottom of the ninth. Just three hits for them as Patrick Sandoval. Five and a third inning scoreless. Aaron Loop, Jose Quijada coming out of the bullpen. They're able to close things out from there. And if you're taking a look at Major League Baseball overall this season, still has been quite a bit of an underseason thus far. As we are looking, 781 overs to 730 overs. So right around 51 points 
47.7% of games have wound up going under the total. Favorites have been able to do a relatively solid job this year. 947 wins to 637 losses, so just below 60%. But if you take a look at home favorites, they are 603 and 408 straight up, so they're hitting just below 60% of their games. But in terms of the home favorites, there have been 189 instances in which the home favorite has won by just one run to not cover the run line. And if you're looking at the last three days, 183 unders, 169 overs. So right around 52% of games going under the total with favorites in the science fan going 223 and 141. Hitting a little bit over 61%. We've been noticing that a lot of these underdogs that have been coming through have been rather large underdogs. So that is something to take note of. And that's what we wound up getting in Major League Baseball on Friday. Now let's turn it forward to Saturday. And let's get the thoughts of Scott Seidenberg as to how he's adjusted some of these teams that wanted making big moves at the trade deadline. And on top of that, take a look at some of Saturday's games. That's coming up next right here on the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Neeson Family Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic, every home run, every hit, Every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
breaking down every game every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. We're back here in Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family of Podcasts and also a part of the Beeson Family is our good friend Scott Seidenberg. He's doing a great job taking a look at the game of baseball day in and day out. For those of you guys who are Beeson subscribers, you get his plays every single day and then you're able to catch him on the look at. He does that technically Tuesday through Friday, 1 to 4 a.m. Eastern time. It's a little bit funkier when it comes to Sunday slash Monday because it's Sunday beginning at 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern time out there on the East Coast going until 1 a.m. Monday. So it is a little bit of a different time that day. But Scott does an amazing job with the show. I sometimes am lucky enough to be able to fill in on that as well and to be able to follow Scott on Twitter as at Scott's on air altogether. And Scott, it is always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Love it, Greg. How you doing? I'm doing great. And Scott, I know you're a man that hails from the great state of New York and things are going very great for both of those scenes. I unfortunately wound up trusting in the New York Mets yesterday, but with that said, they've been able to have themselves a relatively solid season along with the Yankees as well. And I take a look at the outlook on both teams and I'm feeling incredibly bullish on both. And what I thought was big was that the Yankees they want out there, and they want to making some big moves. They wanted picking up Frankie Montas, who we have yet to see since the trade deadline. Should be probably seeing him soon. Harrison Bader is probably going to be making his debut relatively quickly as well. And then for the Mets, I, I know that the Atlanta Braves have been as hot as they have been ever since the beginning of the month of June. But getting Jacob DeGrom back and everything that we've been getting out of them, I think that it's hard to not feel bullish about both these teams. And I don't think we get a Subway Series in the World Series, but I think both teams can certainly threaten. Absolutely. I think we, we have a good chance of getting a Subway Series because in the American League, I think the Yankees and Astros are on a collision course for the ALCS. I don't see any other team beating either of those two in the divisional series before we get to the ALCS. And the thing that you might have a little bit of concern with the Yankees about is just their starting pitching. Garrett Cole has proven to be unreliable at times. Nestor Cortez might be on an innings limit here at the end of the season. Uh, Montas has you know, been hurt sometimes in his career, and we don't know what we're going to get out of him in a Yankees uniform just yet. They trade away Montgomery, Tyone, you can't trust, and Herman is an unknown. Severino is still hurt. So the Yankees might have some question marks when it comes to their starting pitching, something that you didn't think they would have at the beginning of the year when all their starters were pitching so well. But with three closures right now in that Yankees bullpen with the uh, addition of Trevino at the trade deadline, the Yankees can just get six solid innings, maybe even five from their starting pitcher in a postseason game their bullpen should be able to close it down and and they should be able to win every series that they play against going into the World Series. I do agree with you. We've seen a little bit of regression out of Clay Holmes, but maintaining a sub-1 ERA for a season, here's a spoiler alert, it's a little bit hard to do. So he's been <laughs> able to do a relatively solid job this year. Wani Peralta, to your point, they pick up Scott Efres. So I do agree with you there. I think that the outlook for both of these teams is very solid. And I do think that they both wanted making some good deadline moves, but obviously they weren't the teams that wanted making the most moves. When it comes to teams that you wound up having to upgrade the most with what they wanted doing at the trade deadline, who's at the top? Well, clearly, obviously, the Padres with the Juan Soto, but it's not just Juan Soto. Like The additions of Josh Bell and Brandon Drury to that lineup are, are tremendous and not being talked about enough. I mean, Drury hits a grand slam the other day in his uh, first at-bat for the Padres, helping them to a victory. And then Hayter in the back end of their bullpen, it's not so much that he was – 
that much better than Tyler Rogers because you, you traded the guy who led the majors in saves for the number two leader in saves. But it's more of a intimidation factor. I think when you're an opposing team and you head to that ninth inning and you're going up against Rogers, it's a different feeling than when you're going up against a guy like Josh Hader. And yes, Hader has had his moments and Juan Soto knows that all too well, right? That, that in the 2019 wildcard game where he got that bases clearing single slash error to right field. But I think Hader at the back end of their bullpen combined with the additions to the lineup, once Tatis comes back and he's going to begin a rehab start soon, make the Padres an absolute contender here in the National League when it comes to the postseason. And then I think the Mets additions of the bats, their DH spot was a legit hole, not so much in terms of getting uh, hits or getting on base, but as far as the, uh, the RBI production, Greg, I mean, they lacked pop. And now you have a platoon, a lefty-righty platoon of Dan Vogelbach and Darren Ruff provides much-needed pop and protection in that lineup behind Pete Alonso. We saw Vogelbach and Alonso go back-to-back home runs the other day, and I think that was a much-needed piece to add to the New York Mets. I know they got criticized for not making any big moves, but I think that the addition of those bats, and you, know, you want to throw in Tyler Naquin as well, were really good for the Mets. Yep, and I do think that this double dip that's going to be coming up on Saturday is going to be massive for them as well. It's joining me on the podcast we do have Scott Seidenberg because that is team in baseball since the beginning of the month of June. That is the Atlanta Braves, and it's looking like we're going to get the two Maxes in game one, Max Reed versus Max Scherzer. As we're recording this, there's no numbers up on the board. Obviously, I'd make Scherzer a little bit of a favorite in that spot, but most likely David Peterson versus Jake Odorizzi in game number two. And I do think that it is important for the Mets to just wind up taking care of business when they do wind up having their studs out there on the mound because now you've got Jacob DeGrom back. They did wind up losing his first start, and Max Scherzer, he has been absolutely amazing since coming off the injured list, giving up three runs or fewer in every one of those starts. He has been just able to not skip a beat ever since he wanted coming off of the injured list, and I do take a look at this best bunch, and I do think that this double dip is going to be critical for them because the Atlanta Braves, they have been charging fast going into Friday, four and a half games back in the National League East, and I think that there is a big difference between who winds up winning this division and who would have to play in the wild card. So I do think that this is going to be a really critical set for this bunch on Saturday. And you just look at the Mets and their record after a loss, Greg. They're the best team in Major League Baseball after a loss at 29-9. and nine. And as a favorite after a loss are 22-2 and two this season. So pay attention when the Mets lose and their favorites in the next game, they're going to win, which is the scenario here. You're you're going to get with Max Scherzer on the hill against Max Freed. So I like the Mets in game one here of this double dip, and, and I don't think you can convince me otherwise. And would that be something that you'd want to take a look at, maybe hold off on betting game two and see if the Mets wind up winning or losing? Because, I mean, unless we do wind up seeing something that winds up happening last minute, you've got two maxes. I mean, we're going to call it what it is. Two of the top 10 pitchers out there in the National League. Either of those guys can wind up going out there and throwing a gem. But if you wind up seeing the Mets wind up lose that game one, would you just come back and just fire in on them game number two with someone like a David Peterson on the mound? I like him game two regardless because I'm not a fan of Jake Odorizzi. Jake Odorizzi, in, in, and I know that he uh, had a good moment his last time out, but he had a couple of starts for the Astros that were just not good against bad teams. You know, getting rocked by the likes of the Oakland A. 
Jays and, and the Kansas City Royals. And those were games where the Astros were heavily favored and needed a, a decent outing, not a, not, not a dominant outing, but you need a decent outing from a starting pitcher against some of the bottom offenses in Major League Baseball. And he's getting blown up and they're losing games to bad teams. So I'm not a Jake Odorizzi backer, so I'd be looking to back the Mets anyway in game two. Fading Jake Odorizzi with the Houston Astros, you were able to make some nice coin off of that. So I'm in agreement with you there, as we do have Scott Seidenberg. Does a great job over at Houston joining me on the podcast. And I am so glad that you wound up mentioning the Houston Astros because I do think that it's very important as money lines wind up getting much, much steeper post-trade deadline because you wind up having some teams that they sell off some parts. Obviously, you wind up having teams that are buyers to try to identify some of those teams that you're able to reduce the juice with and other of those teams that you're not able to like Houston this year as a favorite, they've went 44 and 48 trying to cover that run and half on the run line. And the one team that I've really been touting that you either want to completely fade them on the money line, or you want to take them laying run and half that'd be the LA Dodgers because when they've been a favorite this season, they have been able to cover the run line 63 times. They've got one win in which they were not a favorite. So they've been able to cover and win by multiple runs in all but eight of their games as far this season. And I do think that that's going to be very critical because when you do wind up getting these $3 favorites, I'm sure that we're in agreement laying $3 in baseball, not <laughs> something that's going to be profitable long-term. It's probably not going to be profitable short-term. You might get away with it a night or two, but you don't want to be making that a practice. And I do think that it's important to identify because with Houston, I can see myself taking a run and half with a lot of these underdogs. Cleveland, with their run line being right around minus 118 to minus 120, as I see it right now, might be a little bit of an opportunity there and what I think is going to be a lower-scoring game between Luis Garcia and Cal Quantrill. Yeah, you know what? I like the Astros. Um, I, I, like I said, I think they're going to the ALCS against the Yankees. Um, and I, I think the money line's not even that heavy to play with the Astros here against the, the, the Guardians. And the Guardians, just offense at home is just non-existent, right? They're the lowest slugging team, they have the least amount of home runs at home this season. So never afraid to play the better team on the road here in the Astros. And then as far as uh, the Dodgers go, I, I think the Padres actually are a good play on on Saturday, uh, Andrew Haney on the hill, Mike Clevenger going for San Diego. I think the Padres have a great opportunity to take two of three from the Dodgers over this weekend. I'm not saying the Padres are going to get back in this division race. They're still double digits down, but I would not be surprised to see San Diego take two of three. Yep, and we are seeing all the money coming in on the Dodgers as the Padres. They open up right around plus 120. As we're doing this, I'm seeing as high as a plus 140 out there at the South Point. So if this winds up continuing to go up and up and up, would have to agree with you there. A plus 120 wasn't enough for me to take, but if we wind up seeing this number continuing to go up, that is something that I'm going to be taking a look at. And is there anything else in general that you're going to be taking a look at on the betting board for this Saturday? As we've got a completely loaded card, we're actually going to have 17 games. I think that this is the most games that we've seen all season long because on top of the Mets versus Braves doubleheader that we're going to be seeing. We're going to be having a double dip between the Angels and Seattle, so you're probably not going to be able to bet this overnight unless we get pitchers coming out immediately as we record this right around 7.30 p.m. Pacific time. But is there anything else that you're going to be really looking to for Saturday? Well, Jordan Montgomery makes his Cardinals debut after being traded away from the Yankees, and he was not happy to be traded away from the Yankees. Uh, was very upset, said that the Yankees were his family, and he was surprised to find out the news that he had been dealt. Now, how do I play that? I don't know. Do, do I play the Yankees because 
well, they know everything that Montgomery has. If a team has a scouting report on you, it's it's the team that you played for for all these years, right? So, you know, you would figure if any team knows what Jordan Montgomery has, you know, he's played his entire career with the Yankees. I think they know everything that this guy is going to throw. On the other hand, Motivation is a funny thing, Greg. I'm sure he would love nothing more than to go out there and throw a shutout against his former team and prove that he should not have been traded. So I am very curious to think about how I'm going to play the Yankees and the Cardinals. Maybe I'll stay away, but that pitching matchup right now just intrigues me so much. Oh, I am right there with you. I am of the proponent that I like to fade these guys a lot more when they wind up going up against their former team because you mentioned it. I mean, if there's a team that's going to have familiarity with Jordan Montgomery, it is the New York Yankees. Number two is probably going to be the Boston Red Sox since they wind up playing so much, but I always think that that's a tricky spot as well because you never really get an in-between start with these guys. It's typically not, oh, he went five, six innings, gave up between two to three runs. It's either he's going to give up six runs in two innings or he's going to throw seven scoreless. Mm -hmm. You really don't have a lot of in-between. And I think that that always makes it so tricky because, I mean, there are some spots where you mentioned with Jordan Montgomery, he comes out all motivated and he winds up lending a gym. And then the other side, when I mentioned, the guy winds up putting out their turd. It could be. It could be. But, I mean, I don't know if I can trust Domingo Herman. Maybe an over might be a play. Yeah, I like the over as well. So I'm right there with you because with Domingo Herman, even with his last two starts being a little bit better, been a little bit rough for him coming off the injured list. But things are never rough when we have got Scott on the podcast. You do an absolutely amazing job over there with a the look at. You've been doing incredible work all season long when it comes to baseball season. And I know you wound up playing a big hand into the betting guides that we wound up doing to get set for the upcoming football season as well. You also look at late night every night over there on Beeson. Love the good people at home. Know it's all on tap for you. Now people can follow along on social media and other platforms. Just hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Always tweet out when the baseball card is up on vcin.com as well as tweeting out the play of the day. Yeah, rock and roll with the show each and every night. So appreciate time, Greg. Love having you on the show. We break down the baseball board whenever you're on as well. And it's always a good time. It always is a good time. It's got one of the best buyings that you're going to find covering baseball. It's always great to get him on the podcast. So big thanks to Scott for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And coming up next, it is that time of the podcast. He can be picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Saturday as we touch them all. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. 
From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have ticked it off? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. We're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. Always great to be joined by Scott Seidenberg. Does a great job of the look at. Sometimes you find me on the look at as well as you're able to catch that Tuesday through Friday, 1 to 4 a.m. Eastern Time if you're out there on the East Coast. And then it's Sunday starting at 10 p.m. bleeding into pretty much Monday at 1 a.m. So a little bit of a funky bun schedule on Sunday and Monday. But with that said, Scott always does a tremendous job day in and day out looking at the MLB betting board and delivered the goods today. Big thanks to him. Now it is that time of the podcast to give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Saturday as we touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at GNN 
We are going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order. This is where we wind up going with the National League games first, then the American League games, and any interleague games. Those are going to be at the bottom. That'll keep things all nice, neat, clean, and easy there. And we do have a pair of double headers, so we are going to have some TBD starters, likely some moving and some shaking as both of those double headers do not wind up having numbers on the board as of right now. Those are going to be settled in the AM. And when it comes to double headers, always a little bit of a nightmare to take a look at. But let's dive in as we begin with 951, 952, and 957, 958. Both Atlanta Braves versus New York Metropolitans games. In game one, it looks like we're going to get the Maxis. Max Freed going for the Atlanta Braves and Matt Max are going for the New York Metropolitans. And then in game two, it looks like we're going to be getting Jake Odorizzi going for the Atlanta Braves. And then David Peterson, no relation, but a great name going for the New York Mets. And if we do wind up getting these two pitching matchups, once again, a little bit of subject to change, I'd be setting Scherzer a minus 131 favorite, Peterson minus 112 favorite. And I'm going to see quite a range on these totals as... We'll break down Freed versus Scherzer first. Set this total at a 6.3 to where a 6 or less, I'd be taking a look at the over 6.5 or higher to the under. Now, the Atlanta Braves coming off of a smoldering up performance that they were able to put up yesterday against the New York Metropolitans as you wind up having Eddie Rosario finally be able to find it. He has been banged up all season long, but the guys that have been the constants for this team, guys like Matt Olson, Austin Riley, guys like this have been absolutely incredible for the team as Riley. He's hitting over a 400 over the last three days. He has been incredible. Dancy Swanson, he's hitting a 315 home runs. You're able to go down the list, but when you wind up going up against Matt Max Scherzer, that is always a tough go of it. And the Mets are going to need some length from Max Scherzer because you know, they wanted getting one inning from Taiwan Walker yesterday. But last time Scherzer wanted going up against the Atlanta Braves on the road, gives up one run over the course of seven innings. And for that matter, Matt Max Scherzer, in terms of earned runs allowed, Two or fewer in every one of his starts that's coming off the injured list. That would be six starts in total, and he's allowed seven earned runs, eight runs in total. So, guy has been just absolutely dealing for this Mets team all season long. His strikeouts per nine rate, that is right around 11. He's giving up fewer than two walks per nine innings. And on the other side, for Freed, he's giving up fewer than two walks per nine innings. He's been giving up less than a half a home run per nine innings. And for Max Freed, 273 road area compared to a 249 home area with one home run given up in 52 and two-thirds innings when he has been on the road. This season against the Mets has had a little bit of a struggle giving up four total runs over the course of 11 innings in his two starts, but certainly has been able to do a rock-solid job all season long as he has given up more than three earned runs in just one out of his last 13 starts, and he's going to be going up against a Mets lineup in which you've got Pete Alonso, who's been incredible for the team. Should have had another home run yesterday, but with that said, he's been able to do a nice job being able to put back to ball 29 home runs, is second in the league in RBI with right around 91. Daniel Vogelback, ever since he got to town, the Mets have only lost two of the games since he's been in the lineup. Jeff McNeil, along with Starling Marte, both inning above a 295. You've been able to have Brandon Nimmo be able to move the line as well. Bullpens are going to be very critical for these teams as you do have a Mets bunch that they have been utilizing more pieces recently. They did wind up having to go to Trevor Williams, their long guy yesterday, but certainly bullpen shouldn't be coming into play too much in this one. Edwin Diaz, you figured he wasn't going to be pitching yesterday either, and he's been able to do an incredible job as perhaps the most lights out closer in the big leagues. You probably have a little bit more depth when it comes to the Atlanta Braves. They did wind up trading away Jesse Chavez, but have been able to get 
very good production all season long out of Dylan Lee. He's been able to provide a sub-2 ERA. Been a little bit up and down season for Jackson Stevens, but he certainly has been able to do a nice job as well. You've been able to even get some really good innings out of A.J. Minter. Tyler Manzik is back in the fold as well, so it is an Atlanta Braves bunch that they're coming in in good form after what we wound up seeing yesterday, but I do think that Max Scherzer going to be the stopper to that, and I think that both guys going to be able to provide a very good start. I did wind up in game one, setting Scherzer a minus 131 favorite, 6.3. The total, a six or less, will be looking over six half prior to the under, and then in Odorizzi versus Peterson, did wind up setting Peterson a minus 112 favorite when it comes to Jake Odorizzi. While he's with the Houston Astros, certainly had his ups and his downs, to say the least, and for Jake Odorizzi, it's a case in which you've really got to be taking a look at the road numbers with him thus far this season, and when he's been on the road, a 402 ERA, giving up three home runs in 31 and a third innings with Odorizzi, but it's always been an issue with him as walks, and thus far he's been giving up right around 2.4, 2.5 walks per nine innings, not necessarily too much of a strikeout pitcher, lending right around six and a half to seven strikeouts per nine innings, and then for David Peterson, I don't know if he's going to be able to lend too much length for the Mets, which is where their need to have a lot of bullpen pieces coming yesterday is going to wind up hurting them, as thus far this season he has sort of went from starter to bullpen, starter to bullpen, as his last two appearances came out of the bullpen. They combined one and a third innings in those. Prior to that, he was going right around five innings in a lot of his starts. And for David Peterson, feels like he has been a little bit better when he's coming in in a starting role rather than coming out of the bullpen. His bullpen ERA is north of a five. His starter's ERA is actually significantly lower. And the big thing for David Peterson, keeping the ball in the yard, giving up right around 1.2 home runs per nine innings, but his strikeouts per nine rate, that is a little bit north of a 10.5 as well. Has been giving up over four walks per nine innings. So I don't know if he's necessarily going to be able to last too long in this start, but with the Atlanta Braves, do have my question marks with Jake Odorizzi as well. So, in the Odorizzi versus Peterson start, do you mind saying the Mets, a minus 112 favorite, and this would be a total to where in 8.5 or less, I'd be looking at an over a 9 or higher to the under. So, trying to keep things all clean and easy for you guys in that one, and obviously any changes at GNRS41 on Twitter for those. 953-954 on the betting board. You've got the Miami Marlins. They are on the road. They are facing off against the Chicago Cubs as Drew Smiley is going to be going for the Cubs, and Pablo Lopez is on the bump for Miami. This is a pick'em game. Both teams, anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110 on the money line. Currently, we've got no total up because this is a game that is out there in Wrigley Field, and the wind winds up dictating this, but I've got my own total. It looks like the wind is going to be blowing out right around 6 to 8 miles per hour, and this is one in which I'd be setting a total of 9.3 to where a 9 or less. I'd be looking at the over 9.5 prior to the under. When it comes to this Miami Marlins team, certainly they came up snake eyes yesterday with regards to their offense, but they do now have Garrett Cooper back in the fold. He and Joey Wendell are both inning between a 265 to 275, and Luke Williams is able to do a solid job of being able to reach base. But, I mean, really, other than Asus Aguiar and Asus Sanchez, and Sanchez is barely inning above the Mendoza line of 200, you don't have anyone who's currently healthy for this team, giving the team a double-digit amount of homers as Jazz Chislam, along with Jorge Soler, being on the injured list are on there. John Birdie, Brian Anderson, and it's certainly hurt this team. It's been an underachieving season for Vicio Garcia, but... Boy, they could use them out there as they're right now relying upon a bunch of young guys. And for the Chicago Cubs, 
They've got now a depleted bullpen after what we wound up seeing at the trade deadline. They give away Michael Givens. They've now got Rowan Wick and Michael Rucker as two of their more trustworthy guys. And both of these guys have an ERA that is north of four thus far this year. Anderson Espinosa has actually been halfway decent in this bullpen, but can't really trust in Kervin Castro. And then on the flip side for the Miami Marlins, Hard to have a lot of faith in these bullpen pieces as well as Jeff Brigham is seeing some innings. I do like Stephen O'Kurt and he been able to get some relatively okay innings whenever Anthony Bass has been out there, but he wound up getting used up yesterday as well. Now, when it comes to the Chicago Cubs, you do have a few guys who are able to put back to ball. Wilson Contreras wound up going deep for the team yesterday. It combined 36 home runs between he and Badger Wisdom. Wisdom is well on his way to 200 strikeouts this season, but has been able to put back to ball. And you do have guys for the Cubs. They're able to get on base as you've got P.J. Higgins along with Ian F. Both hitting right around 275. Nico Horner needs to be able to do a nice job of be able to move the line as well. But you have had a little bit of underachievement from guys like Jan Gomes who's not seeing some more at-bats. Nick Madrigal as well. And when it comes to this Miami Marlins team, it's all about Pablo Lopez. And he has been very solid for them this season. Deserves, in my opinion, a little bit better than that 7-6 record. 341 ERA, but a 305 ERA at home compared to 386 at home. Now, he has given up nine home runs at 65 innings. When he has been on the road, that's a little bit of an issue, but has been able to do a good job of being able to get some solid swings and misses as strikeouts per nine rate is approximately at nine. And then on the flip side for Drew Smiley, he's been able to do a good job of being able to keep games out in front of him, giving up right around two and a half walks per nine innings. Thing for him has been the deep ball. He has been giving up right around 1.6 home runs per nine innings, 429 home year compared to a 450 ERA on the road. And his swing and miss stuff just has been down this year as well, with right around seven and a half punch outs per nine innings, one starting at 272 off of him with a win blowing out. I do think that it's going to lend for both of these offenses that struggled yesterday, being able to put up some more runs. So I did wind up setting my total at a 9.3. So a nine or less looking over nine and a half prior to the under. I do think that Pablo Lopez, coupled with a bullpen that for the Marlins, now I think is a tad bit better than that of the Cubs because they wanted trading away so many pieces is a tad bit better. So I am going to be taking a look at the Marlins up to a minus 120 in the spot. And like I said, nine or less to the over. 955, 956 on the banging board. The Washington Nationals. They're on the road facing off against Philadelphia Phillies as Rangers Suarez is going to be going for the Phillies. Patrick Corbin is on the bump for Washington. Washington, anywhere between plus $2 and plus 205 underdogs. Meanwhile, with Suarez and company, you're finding the Phillies anywhere between minus 225 and minus 249 is your total. The under is minus 115 and the over is minus 105. I have faded Patrick Corbin a lot this year. I made a lot of money fading Patrick Corbin. It has been terrible for the Washington Nationals when he has taken the mound as the team is 4-17 and in his starts as far as the season. Actually, 4-18 and in his starts in the season after his loss to the Mets with, I believe, all but two of those losses coming by multiple runs. With that said, I am going to step in front of this train, and I do think that Patrick Corbin is going to be able to give a little bit of a better start. Recent form is terrible. Four-plus runs given up in each out of his last five starts, but you take a look at the sample against the Braves twice, against the Dodgers, against the Mets. You've got a Philadelphia Phillies team that I recognize they were able to get off to a nice start yesterday against the Washington Nationals, but with that said, it's been a little bit of a struggling offense. You've got someone in Kyle Schwarber who's barely hitting above the Mendoza line of 200. Now, he's got a lot of home runs for this team, but still has not been very consistent for them. You do take a look past that. JT Riemito, Nick Cassiano, Derek Hall, Gene Segura, Reese Hoskins, all in between about a 255 to a 270. 
You've been able to get a little bit more power recently out of Cassianos after he just was not able to go deep at all. He's got two home runs this week for the team, but towards the bottom of the full, Brandon Marshall Company have not necessarily been able to do a lot for this team. And for the Washington Nationals, they do trade away Juan Soto and Josh Bell, but you still have guys with pride out there. Yadier Hernandez is hitting at 275. Luis Garcia is able to 290, even without their top two guys. I mean, it really doesn't hurt their power too much because they are already dead last in the National League in terms of home runs on a per-game basis. Lane Thomas has been able to have a three-home run game already thus far this season. They're now giving more at-bats to someone like a El Mauro Vargas as well. I do think that he might be able to give this team a bit of something. For the Washington Nationals, the bullpen has been halfway decent. I'm not going to say it's been great, but over the last 45 days, right around league average in terms of ERA, Hunter Harvey has a sub-three ERA. Kyle Finnegan has seen his ERA dip a little bit. Victor Rano has been a little bit all over the place this season, but ever since he has resurfaced at the big league level, He's been able to give the team right around a three-ish ERA as well. Ransomo Ramirez, that's not necessarily a guy that you want to trust. And for the Philadelphia Phillies, you certainly do have some nice pieces. You wind up having David Robertson wind coming in, Brad Hanser, Anthony Dominguez. These guys have been terrific. But with Rangers Suarez, the max I could really wind up setting him as a favorite in this spot, even against Patrick Corbin, was right around $2 because he himself has had some shakiness this season. As for Ranger Suarez, after he wound up having a good second half of the season last year, he has seen his strikeout numbers dip to right around 7.3 punch-outs per 9 innings. He's posting up right around 360 ERA and has been significantly worse at home. A 454 home ERA now in his last three starts, three unearned runs surrendered, so he has been able to look a little bit better since then, but still, 3.3 walks per 9 innings. Opponents are a little bit north of a 250 off of him, and in his one start against Washington Nationals, wound up allowing three runs of five and two-thirds innings, so I do think that this could actually be a relatively good spot for the Washington Nationals in a bye. Very, very low spot on Patrick Corbin, and a guy that, I mean, has he been horrible this year? Absolutely, but he's also been a little bit unlucky. I'm not going to say that it's just like all complete and utter unluckiness, but still, he's got right around 3.2 walks per nine innings. He's been having a lot of balls go yard that they wouldn't go yard in other spots with right around 1.65 home runs per nine innings. He still is able to get some swings and misses, getting eight and a half strikeouts per nine innings. At $2, I was willing to take the Washington Nationals, and I do think that it's going to be a higher scoring game because I don't have any faith in Rangers Suarez either. So getting $2 here, it's Grody. I'm going to take the Washington Nationals. I'm going to step in front of the fade train, and I'm going to be taking a look at this total over as well. 957, 958 was a part of Braves versus Mets, so we go 959, 960. This is going to be the DK Nation pick as the Cincinnati Reds. Yes, we are in the Cincinnati. They're under the road face-off against the Milwaukee Brewers. Aaron Ashby is going to be going for the crew, and Nick Lidolo is going to be on the bump for the Reds. The Reds are finding themselves between plus 155 and plus 165 underdogs with the Brewers. It's saying between minus 180 and minus 185. It is your total. The under is minus 115 and the over is minus 105. Set my total at 8.9. The DK Nation pick is going to be on the over with the Brewers. They rank in the top eight in the big leagues in terms of home runs on a per at and a per game basis. They're going up against someone in Nick Lodolo who's really been able to do a good job of being able to get swing and miss stuff going. A little bit over 12 punch outs per nine innings with Lodolo as well. He is going to give opportunities at the deep ball. He has been giving up a little bit over 1.2 home runs per nine innings. When it comes to Lodolo as well, he has pitched significantly better at home than on the road. Now, it's a small sample size of two road starts, but in those two road starts, 
He's given up eight runs in seven innings with a pair of homers. Meanwhile, at home this far this season, 31 and a third innings with three home runs allowed, and opponents are hanging about a 268 off of him, so he's been able to do significantly better when he has been out there in Cincinnati. Obviously, much of his starts have come in Cincinnati, but then you take a look at Aaron Ashby as well. It's been far from stellar for him as he has been a little bit up and down now. The good news for him, he has given up two runs or fewer in now four out of his last five starts. The thing is, though, in three out of his last four starts, he didn't wind up completing five full innings, so that is a little bit of a knuckle buster and an issue, and when it comes to what you're able to get out of Aaron Ashby, 11 strikeouts per nine innings, that's a good sign. Nearly four walks per nine innings, that's a bad sign. And when it comes to Aaron Ashby, has been significantly better at home than on the road. 472 road ERA, 284 home ERA, but someone that is a little bit prone to the deep ball himself, giving up right around 1.1 home runs per nine innings. And when it comes to this Brewers team, they really do need to wind up getting the deep ball going to be able to generate their offense. I do think that they're going to be able to do so. You take a look at what they've done against the Reds all season long going into their game on Friday, averaging nearly seven runs per game. That is by far the most that the Brewers are averaging against any opponent. William Adamas, Rowdy Tellez, both of these guys have 21 home runs, and now you've gotten a little bit more consistency with regards to this offense as well as Andrew McCutcheon, Colton Wong, Christian Yelich, only between a 254 and a 261 entering into yesterday. Hunter Renfro has been able to give you a home run every 14 or so at bats, and for the Reds, they do have Brandon Drury and Tommy Pham now in the full, but some guys are able to get on base pretty consistently as Albert Tamora Jr., Kyle Farmer, Nick Zanzel, Jonathan India have all been able to between a 235 to 250. India has really been able to come on after he was banged up for much of the season. He's now been able to give the team a north of 300 batting average over the last three days down in Solano. He's been hitting right around 300. Joey Votto has been up and down all season long. It's been tough to be able to gauge him, but take a look at Votto over the last three days, right around at 350 on base, so he's starting to find a little bit of that good form as well, and when it comes to this Reds bullpen, it is a mess right now. It is dead last in the big leagues. In terms of ERA, Alexis Diaz has been incredible, posting up a sub-250 ERA, but then you've got Ian Gabo, Buck Farmer, Hunter Strickland, Revier San Martin, Luis Sessa, and all these guys. They've got an ERA that is north of five. And for the Milwaukee Brewers, Matt Bush, ever since he has gotten to Milwaukee, has been a hot mess. Devin Williams, he wound up having a consecutive scoreless outing streak of 30 stamped against the Pittsburgh Pirates. You do have Obi Milner along with Brad Boxberger. Both of these guys have a sub-3 ERA, but I do think that the Reds could be able to put up some runs. And the Brewers, they have been completely firepowered when they have faced off against the Cincinnati Reds all season long with the Brewers. I was willing to lay up to a minus 162 on their money line, which means I need at least a plus 162 to take a shot on the Reds. And we have gotten there. Aaron Ashby just has not been able to get the Brewers to the window all season long. That is reflected in the fact that he's got a 2-9 record as an SA pitcher worse, but team has not necessarily been able to give him too much support. I do think that that is going to turn around in this one, but Lodolo, I think that he's going to be able to offer some strikeouts, but also give up the deep ball as well. So, going to take the plus price with the Cincinnati Reds and the DK Nation pick. I'm going with the over. Set my total at an 8.9, and right now we're seeing an 8, 9, 61, 9, 62 on the bagging board. Here's into Diamondbacks, Playoff Seacar, Red Rockies, and Antonio Sensatella is going to be going for the Rockies and Merrill Kelly is on the bump for the Diamondbacks. And the Diamondbacks are finding themselves anywhere between minus 160 and minus 170 favorites. Between plus 145 and plus 152, your price on Colorado. It is your total. The over is minus 115. The under is minus 105. Did I end up setting my total at a 7.9? It's been actually a little bit pitcher-friendly out there in Arizona this season, which is going to be big for Antonio Sensatella because with Sensatella, he is the textbook definition of a pitcher contact guy. His opponents are well above a 340 off of him. 
thus far this season, and it always blows my mind when I take a look at Antonio Sensatella, and his ERA is not 8. Because you take a look at Sensatella, and he's given up less than a home run per nine innings, despite the fact that opponents earning a whopping 351 off of him falls to a 336 on the right. He does have a 616 road ERA. Good news for Sensatella is that he has been able to do a good job with his command, right around 2.3 walks per nine innings. His strikeout numbers, as you can expect, they're not great, right around five and a half punch outs per nine innings. And then on the flip side for Merrill Kelly, has always been a pitcher that has been able to do a much better job at home rather than on the road. As a matter of fact, for his career, his ERA is a full point lower in Arizona rather than on the road. This year, it's been a little bit of a reversal. 294 home ERA compared to a 279 ERA on the road, but it's been completely dominant no matter where he's been, giving up right around .55 home runs per nine innings. His walks per nine rate is right in the neighborhood, about 2.6, 2.7. Doesn't get a ton of punch outs, but has been able to do an effective job all season long. And in two starts against the Colorado Rockies, has given up just two earned runs across 15 and two-thirds innings, so he's been able to mow them down against this Rockies team. With Colorado, they average right around 5.8 runs per game at home. On the road, that falls to right around about 3.2 to 3.3. And the big thing for this Colorado Rockies bunch is that they just don't generate the power when they're on the road. They get right around 1.2 home runs per game at home, 0.6 on the road. Someone like Brendan Rodgers out of his 10 home runs, 9 of Honda coming at home. C.J. Crone, for instance, on the road thus far this season, he's had just 6 of his 22 home runs. Overall, he's hitting about a 275, but at home, it's just so much more demonstrative. 324 at home, 225 batting average on the road, so that has been an issue. And plus, Chris Bryant is back on the injured list for the Colorado Rockies team. And then for the Arizona Diamondbacks, they are in the bottom five of the big leagues in terms of batting average, but you do have guys there starting to pick it up as Jake McCarthy, Ketel Marte, Joshua Ross, Alec Thomas. These guys are in between about a 257, 280, You've had Chris Walker go deep 25 times, but for the Arizona Diamondbacks as well, they average right around 1.4 home runs per game on the road. 0.95-ish when they are at home, so the power numbers have not been there for them, and for Arizona, you're probably not going to need to dive too much into the bullpen because Merrill Kelly good at being able to provide some length, but you do have guys that you're able to rely upon, and Joe Mantiply, Ian Kennedy, along with Kyle Nelson, these guys have been able to provide a sub-3-3 ERA. And for the Colorado Rockies, it is a bottom-five bullpen in the big leagues in terms of ERA. If you can get the ball to Daniel Bard, that's very good. But Alex Colmey has been able to register right around at 332 ERA. Lucas Kilbreth has been a little bit of a mess on the road, but hasn't been too bad overall. So I do think that this is going to be a relatively low-scoring game. I do think that Arizona should be a relatively sizable favorite. Willing to lay up to a minus 165 with them. And if you are taking a look at the run line, if we get that right around a plus 120 on the Arizona Diamondbacks, I would have needed at least a plus 120 to be able to take a shot. Rockies have been very good at losing games by multiple runs. I am going to be taking a look at the run line personally, getting that plus price, reduce the juice to go along with this 8-under as well. 963-964 on the betting board. The San Diego Padres at third faceoff against the LA Dodgers. Andrew Heaney is going to be going for the Dodgers and... Mike Levenger is going to be on the bump for San Diego. And is your tall, the under is minus 115, the over is minus 105, and with Heaney and company, the Dodgers are between minus 140, minus 145 favorites, between plus 125 and plus 132, your price on San Diego. And when it comes to Padres, I did need at least a plus 142 to be able to take a shot. Minus 140 is pretty much a max I'm willing to lay with regards to Dodgers, but I am going to be willing to lay it for Andrew Heaney. He has really been able to find a second win in Los Angeles. He's always had this stuff, but he just has never had good coaching to put it together because, well, he's been in Los Angeles with the other team, the Angels, for much of his career. That's honestly too terrific. Now, do I think that there's going to be a regression from a 0.77 ERA 
Oh, absolutely. Andrew Heaney has always been able to get strikeouts right now. He's a little bit north of 11 punch outs per nine innings with one home run surrendered in 23 and a third innings. Has been able to do a nice job. And typically, you can expect Andrew Heaney to go about four to five innings. He's won four to five innings in all but one of his starts. And the one start in which he did wind up going six innings, you have to go all the way back to April. So probably not going to be seeing a ton of length here for Mike Clevenger. He has had a little bit of a tough time giving length just throughout his Padres career because he has been so banged up, but it feels like he's really rounded into form ever since the beginning of the month of July, going six plus innings in four out of his last five starts. For that matter, five out of his last six starts. And when it comes to Clevenger, he combined four runs surrendered in his last three starts and has been able to do a solid job on the road. 327 to road ERA compared to a 296 at home overall for the season. His home runs per nine rate, that is right around one. He's given up a little bit over two walks per nine innings, nine punch outs per nine, so he's able to do a rock solid job now with the Padres. I do think that they still have a little bit of a disadvantage in the bullpen. Josh Shader went fully right. He is the most dominant closer out there in the big leagues. I don't know if he's fully right right now. Now, Tim Hill has been able to do a solid job for the team, posting up a sub-3 ERA over the last 35 days. Nabil Crisman has been a little bit all over the place, though. So in his last 11 appearances, he's got nearly a 6 ERA. Audrey and Mortal Hone certainly is not the answer out there in the bullpen, along Taylor Scott. Meanwhile, for the LA Dodgers, the unsung hero, Yancey Almonte, throwing their Evan Phillips, Caleb Ferguson. These guys have been incredible for this bullpen, and you've got a lineup for this Dodgers team that's just absolutely amazing. Trey Turner down for what, and Freddie Freeman. Both of these guys hitting north of a 300 and for Freeman, more in the neighborhood about a 325. Mookie Betts, 25 bombs, hitting a 265, along with Will Smith, who's able to get jiggy with it. He's hitting a 265. He's been able to supply 15 home runs as well. Even with some of the injuries that the team has sustained, they've been able to do a good job of moving the line. Guys like Kevin Lux have been able to step up. Trace Thompson, Clay's brother, when he's gotten at bats, it's been good for them. And obviously, the San Diego Padres, they do wind up upgrading that lineup as well. You've got Juan Soto, along with Brandon Dury, both of these guys entered into Friday's game with 21 home runs. Manny Machado has been able to do it relatively solidly all season long, but if you do take a look at the month of July that he wound up having, he had just a 202 that month. He did wind up being able to supply six home runs, but certainly that is a little bit worrisome for this team. You've had Drixon Profar be able to pick up his batting average along with Jake Cronenworth and Awesome Kim. All these guys hitting between about a 242 to 255 with Kim hitting a 300 over the last three days as well. But I do think that the Dodgers have a little bit of a leg up in the bullpen and the way that Andrew Heaney has been pitching, he's always had it in him. He's starting to be able to finally show it. And I do think that he's going to be able to land a relatively good start here. I do think that both of these offenses are going to be able to generate some runs, but I think that nine's a little bit too high. So I'm going to at an 8.7 looking under. And we'll lay up to a minus 142 with the Dodgers. Now we go to the other double dip, 965-966. Going to be a conjecture with 977-978 on the main board. The LA Angels and Seattle Mariners are going to be playing a pair as of right now, it looks like we're going to get Chris Flexen in Game 1 for the Seattle Mariners. To be determined, is he starter for Game 2 of the LA Angels? I'm hearing through the grapevine that this is Jonathan Diaz, but out of the two double headers that we have, this is the starter that is very much the most TBD at this point. Meanwhile, in Game 2, we do know that it is going to be Reed Detmers who is going to be going for the LA Angels. On the flip side, it does look like it's going to be George Kirby who's going to be going there. So we're going to go with Diaz versus Flexen first. And then, obviously, we're going to give a little bit less on Diaz because that is still very much TBD. And then, what well, game number two when we come to it. But when it comes to Flexen versus Diaz, if this does wind up being the matchup, saying the Mariners right around a $2 favorite would be willing to lay up to a minus 110 on the run line with 
and eight or less to the over, and half or higher to the under with Jonathan Diaz. He has been able to get a couple starts thus far this season. I know that there's been some callings for Chris Rodriguez, who's been a little bit banged up this season as well, but if you do wind up getting Diaz, 293 ERA was placed on the seven-day injured list despite the fact that he's in pitch since like mid-July. So very intriguing there. And a guy that is able to lend a few solid innings. Jonathan Diaz has some swing and miss stuff in him. Needs to work on his command a little bit, especially at the minor league level. As Take a look at him when he's been called up to the big leagues. A little bit over six walks per nine innings. But if you do have Diaz, the big issue you have is that he's probably not going to lend a lot of length even if he is fully healthy in this one. And that leads to a bullpen that is not great going out there. Tuki Toussaint, many people thought might wind up getting this start, but he wound up pitching in long relief on Thursday, a little bit north of four innings. That most likely knocks him out for this one. You've got guys like Aaron Loop and Ryan Tepere, who have been posting up an ERA that is currently north of a four. That is not great. They trade away Rossi Iglesias. Tucker Davidson is a little bit of a candidate as well. He might be a long reliever. He might wind up being a starter when he's gotten his opportunities this season. And it's not gone great for him. I do think that he has a little bit of upside, but he gave up five plus runs in two out of the four appearances that he wound up making this season. As certainly a walks issue throughout his career. He's posted up right around six walks per nine. Innings would not be surprised if you perhaps see Davidson and Diaz wind up going 1-2 in this one. And then on the flip side, Chris Flexen has always been a pitch contact guy. Not someone that's going to go out there, light the world on fire thus far this season. His strikeouts per nine rate, that is in the neighborhood of about 6.2. But for Chris Flexen, always has been a little bit better at home rather than on the road. That's reversed itself a tad this year. 380 home ERA, 368 ERA on the road. Has been hurt by the deep out a little bit, giving up right around 1.2 home runs per nine innings, but has really been able to lock in. Last four starts, he's given up six runs over the course of 21 innings, and for that matter, for Mr. Chris Flexen, three earned runs or fewer surrendered, and now each out of his last 12 starts. So, he has been tremendous for the Seattle Mariners team, and for the Mariners, they are dealing with the Julio Rodriguez injury. That does wind up hurting them quite a bit, as he's been able to deliver 18 bombs as far as the season, but and Eugenio Suarez, right around a 330 on base. He's went deep 18 times, and then you've got Carlos Santana, Kyle Raleigh, Jesse Winker, Ty France, all with between 10 and 15 home runs now. Some of these guys need to work on the batting average. Santana, Raleigh, along with Jesse Winker, throwing their Abraham Toro, Dylan Moore, all these guys hitting at 227 or lower, but look who's been able to come alive for this team. Adam Frazier, who was terrible at the beginning of the season, hitting at 361 over the last 30 days, and then for the LA Angels. Got a lot of dead bats in the lineup, but you've still got Mike Trout out of the fold, and I'd be surprised if we wind up seeing him at all much before, like, the very, very tail end of the season. You do have Jared Walsh and Taylor Ward both being able to give you 14 home runs, but both of these guys have seen their numbers go in the toilet bowl recently over the last 30 days. Ward has been posting up a batting average at sub-200. Jared Walsh, he's hitting overall for the season right around a 231 over the last 30 days. That is a buck 67. Choi Otani, 24 home runs. That's terrific. And then you've got Max Sassy, Phil Gosselin, Mongolia Sierra, Andrew Velasquez, a whole bunch of guys in a 215 or lower. And for the Seattle Mariners, over the last 45 days, top bullpen in terms of ERA in the big leagues. They have been dealing with an injury to Diego Casio, but you've been able to see guys like an Andres Munoz, who was terrible at the beginning of the season, be able to pick it up. Matt Brash, who was a failure as a starter, has come back as a reliever and has been solid. Matthew Festa has posted up a 240 ERA over the last three days. Penn Murphy has been able to give you solid innings as well. So in Flexen versus Diaz, slash, if it winds up being even Tucker Davidson, this would be something that would not change very much. I'd be saying the Mariners right around a minus $2 favorite. Eight or less, we'd be looking at an over in half prior to the under. And then in 977, 978, if we do wind up getting Reed Detmers versus George Kirby, 
would be setting the Mariners minus 183 on the money line, would need at least a plus 110 to lay the run line. And I did wind up saying my total at 7.7 to where it's 7.5 or less, looking over an 8 or higher to the under now with the Angels. I just have to fade everyone at this point, not named Shoei Otani on the scene, because after they began 27-17 and 17, entering into yesterday, they have 17 wins, and in that time span, 44 losses. So, no matter who's been out there, it has not been too tremendous, but if you do wind up getting Reed Detmers, ever since he has resurfaced at the big league level, you know what? He actually has not been too bad for this team. He has been able to give the team 16 starts overall for the season. We know him best from the no-hitter that he wound up throwing 362 ERA overall, but the big thing with Reed Detmers is over his last four starts, he has given up four runs, three of which were earned over the course of 24 innings, not allowing a single homer. He's been able to get many more swings and misses as well. Towards the beginning part of the season, he was not getting any of them. 31 punch-outs in 24 innings, so that is actually very good for Mr. Detmers. Now, 440 road ERA compared to a 316 ERA at home. That's a little bit worrisome, man. Opponents are a buck 93 off of him. That is going to wind up climbing upward a little bit, but you do take a look at George Kirby. He's another young gun, and the big thing with Kirby is he's not going to put guys on cheaply. This is someone that overall this season, his walks per nine innings rate is right around about a 1.4. He has been giving up right around 1.4 home runs per nine innings. That is a little bit of an issue for our good friend Kirby. 404 home ERA compared to a 290 ERA on the road, but I do think that he's going to be able to do a nice job of being locked down. Wanted giving up two runs in six innings in his first start against the Los Angeles Angels. So I would be setting Kirby, especially with him being backed up by that bullpen, as a much more sizable favorite. One way up to minus 183 in Kirby versus Zetmers. Total 7.5 or less to the over 8 or higher. To the under as we go to 967-968 on the main board. The Cleveland Guardians play us to the Houston Astros as Luis Garcia is going to be going for the Astros and Kale Quantrill is on the bump for Cleveland. Cleveland finds himself a pretty hefty home underdog here. Anywhere between plus 135 and plus 140. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at Houston, it is anywhere between minus 150 and minus 155. In F to 9 is your total on the 8.5 over is minus 120. The under is even on the 9. Under is anywhere between minus 120 minus 125. Over is between even and plus 105. Luis Garcia has been very impressive on the road this season. I do think that it's going to be a line of relatively solid start. Wound up setting him minus 145 on the money line. If you take a look at the run line, you're finding that anywhere between even money and plus 105. And this is one of these rare instances where I do think that you're getting a little bit of value by getting a run and a half with Cal Quantrill and company going for the Guardians. I was willing to lay up to a minus 122, getting a run and a half on Cleveland. And right now at Circa, I'm seeing this at a minus 118. And that's where I'd be heading. The Houston Astros have not been good at being able to cover the run line as a favorite thus far this season. And for Cal Quantrill, Certainly a pitch-to-contact guy. That is a little bit of an issue, though Cleveland has been playing very pitcher-friendly thus far this season. But for the Houston Astros, you take a look at them as a favorite, and they have been only able to cover right around 47 48% of their games when laying a run and a half. I do think that that's going to be a little bit of an issue because you do have a guardian team that they do back up Cal Quantrill quite well. And for Quantrill, he's been able to do a much better job at home rather than on the road. 344 home ERA, 496 ERA on the road now. The one thing with Quantrill is that he is giving up right around 1.5 35 home runs per nine innings. Opponents are going to get 270 off of him, but that falls to a 235 when he is at home. Strikeouts per nine right? And it's relatively brutal. Right around five and a half punch outs per nine innings over his last five starts. Has given up five home runs, so you do want to be taking note of that. But with Lewis Garcia, I do think that there's going to be a little bit of regression to his road numbers. 272 ERA on the road 
compared to a 476 at home. Last season, it was the complete opposite. He had a 424 road ERA compared to a 239 home ERA. I think that towards the back half of the season, it'll be a little bit better at home, a little bit worse on the road because in his home starts, 12 home runs given up in 56 and two-thirds innings. In his road starts, six bombs given up in 49 and two-thirds innings with opponents saying just a buck 92 off of him when he has been on the road. But overall, the season has been giving up right around 1.6 home runs for nine innings now. Problem for Cleveland is that going into yesterday, there are 30 home runs at home for the season. I believe that that is said last in the big leagues, but you've got guys that are able to move the line in Cleveland, the number one team in the big leagues in terms of fewer strikeouts per at-bat as you've got Josh Naylor, Stephen Kwan, Amit Rosario, Jose Ramirez, Oscar Gonzalez. You're even able to throw in there Nolan Jones as well. All guys hitting a 270 or greater for this bunch. Now Ramirez, he's had to be Mr. Do-It-All for the team, north of 20 home runs. He's in the top five in the league in terms of RBI, but all these guys are able to move the line and really under the radar for the Cleveland Guardians. They did wind up having to remove Stephen Kwan from yesterday's game. That does wind up giving you a little bit of worry, but he's been hitting a 350 over the last three days. This guy has been white hot. Meanwhile, for the Astros, at the trade deadline, they addressed one thing that they needed to. They bring in a hitting catcher in Christian Vasquez, who's been able to about a 280 for this bunch. Trey Boomer Mancini, three home runs ever since the trade deadline, so he's been able to do a very solid job. He's been able to 270 for the team. Jose Altuve, Long Kyle Tucker, they both have been able to go yard 19 times. Tucker seems to be going through a little bit of an injury, but Jordan Alvarez, he's fully healthy. North of 30 home runs. He's hitting a 300 for the team. Elamendi Diaz, Jeremy Pena, both of these guys have been able to do a solid job hitting right around 250 for Diaz. He's been in above 300 over the last three days as well and the Houston Astros bullpen it has been the most elite out there in the big leagues thus far this season as as a collective they got right around about a 262-265 bullpen ERA headlined by Ryan Senek, Seth Martinez and Rafael Motero all giving you an ERA of a 210 or lower but on top of that Ryan Presley has been very good for this bullpen. Phil Maiton has been able to give you nice settings. But on the flip side for Cleveland, if you're able to get into a closer situation, Emmanuel Classe, he's been as nasty as it gets out there in the big leagues along with Edwin Diaz, who does an amazing job over there for the Mets. But on top of that, James Karinchek has been able to give you some nice settings. Eli Morgan, Sam Entages, if you need a little bit of length, they're able to take the load off. You've had Nick Sandlin be able to provide a sub-3 ERA. So I do think that this is going to be a relatively tight game. You've had an Astros team at all season long. They have had a little bit of a tough time covering a run and a half. And with the Astros, was only one to lay up to a minus 145. I do think that the Astros have a little bit of an edge here. But this getting up past minus 150 is starting to get a little bit too lofty. And not seeing the plus 145 that I want on the Guardians, I would rather lay a small number, get a run and a half in a game that I think is going to be relatively low scoring. So I might tell it at 8.4, looking under and looking at Cleveland, getting a run and a half at minus 118 at circa. 969, 970 on the bang board. The Tampa Bay Rays. They have the road to face off against the Detroit Tigers. Garrett Hill is going to be going for the Tigers and Shane McClanahan is on the bump for the Rays. The Rays are very sizable favorites. Anywhere between minus 240 and minus 260. Meanwhile, with Detroit, you're going to be getting them anywhere between plus 210. Seeing a size of plus 232 with 7 to 7 half being your total. On 7 half, unders between minus 122 and minus 125. Overs anywhere between even and plus 105 on the 7. Reverse it. Overs between minus 120 and minus 125. Unders between even and plus 105. They wind up saying my 6.9. I'm going to be taking a look at the under in this spot. The question becomes... Raise on the run line, or have we gotten high enough to wind up taking the Detroit Tigers at this hefty money line? I needed at least a plus 230 to take shot on Detroit, and 
Circa has delivered with this plus 232, and I mean, when it comes to the run line, I was only willing to lay up to a minus 130, and right now we're finding this more in the neighborhood of a minus 150 on the Tampa Bay Rays, so I mean, I would say that if you're getting plus 130 or greater with regards to the Tigers on the run line, that's not a bad look either. I personally am going to be taking a look at the money line, though, because Shane McClanahan has been a little bit of a struggle for him. I don't take too much on the All-Star game. It's an exhibition matchup and things of that nature, so not really cause for alarm there, but with Shane McClanahan, Lance heard against the Cleveland Guardians, he was right around a $2 favorite in that one as well. Lance giving up five runs in four and a third innings. This is someone that just has never had this much of a workload before in his career, and he's giving up a little bit over home run per nine innings. Walks per nine rate, that's been sub two. He's been able to do an amazing job there, and for McClanahan, I just fear that there might be a little bit of regression on the road. He's posting up a buck sixty-two road area compared to a two thirty-two home area. Tampa is one of the more pitcher-friendly ballparks out there in baseball. He has been giving up right around 1.4 home runs per nine innings on the road, but opponents are only hitting a buck 41 now. If there is an offense that is not going to be able to deliver on that, it certainly is Detroit. They wound up putting up a few runs yesterday, but you just take a look at these names as you now have Spencer Torkelson at the minor league level. They shipped away Robbie Grossman, and Javi Baez all of a sudden hitting at 225 for this team, so good for him, but so I have Jameer Candelario, Jonathan Scope, Tucker Barnard, Cody Clements, Abkeel Badu, all hitting a 210 or lower for the team, and you don't have a single guy with north of 10 home runs for the team, but aim for the Tampa Bay Rays. Right now, Isaac Paredes is leading the way with 14 home runs. They don't have a lot of power in their lineup. You do have Brandon Lau, who's been able to get on base along Francisco Mejia and G-Man Choi. Throwing there, David Peralta as well. In between about a 248 to a 258, but these guys don't have a lot of home run power. Luke Rayleigh, Roman Quinn, Taylor Walls, they are all hitting below the Mendoza line of 200 as well. Now, both of these teams do rank in the top eight in terms of bullpen ERA. Jason Adam has been absolutely remarkable for the Tampa Bay Rays team. They wind up getting back Pete Fairbanks, who last few years has been very reliable for the team. Ryan Thompson has been able to really lend some nice innings, wound up having some touch-and-go-ness in the beginning part of the season, has not allowed a single run over the last 35 days, so he's been able to do his part. But for the Detroit Tigers, they did wind up selling off a piece or two at the deadline, but this is still a locked and loaded bullpen. Michael Fulmer is dealing with a little bit of an injury, and he wound up getting shipped away, so they aren't going to have him anymore. But Jose Cicerno, ever since he has come back, he has been lights out for the team. I don't believe that he has given up any more than one run since he has come back off the injured list. You've had Andrew Chafin do a nice job. Joey Menes is able to give you good innings. Alex Lang is right around 3 ERA. Willie Peralta is a sub-2 ERA. So you do have some good pieces with regards to the Tigers bullpen. you got a pair of teams that they aren't going to be able to generate a lot of offense. And for Garrett Hill, a little bit of an uppercomer. Certainly not getting a lot of strikeouts right now. Right around 4 strikeouts per 9 innings. His walks per 9 rate hovers right around 4 as well. But I did like what I saw out of him at the minor league level. I do think that he's going to be able to put it together a little bit more. And you take a look at the teams they've had to go up against thus far. The Guardians, White Sox, A's, Pop Padres and Blue Jays, so he certainly has had a little bit of a gauntlet. I do think that he's going to be able to settle down. Lend a relatively solid start, so getting north of plus 30, going to be taking a shot on the Tigers, and this is a spot in which I'm going to be taking a look at the under as well. 971-972 on the bang board. The Walker Texas Rangers, Loyal Chicago White Sox, as Michael Kopech goes for the White Sox, and Dane Dunning is going to look to get her Dunning for Texas. White Sox opened up at minus 125. You're still seeing as high as a minus 125, but we're seeing a lot of minus 113 and minus 115s out there on them as well. Meanwhile, with the Texas Rangers, and between plus 103 and plus 105 is your price. It is your total over and under both at minus 110. And I reverse it. I wound up setting the Rangers as a minus 114 favorite because Dane Dunning has some of the most demonstrative 
home and roads, let's say you're going to find. If this would be a home game for the White Sox, no question I would be diving in on them, and obviously we would be seeing a little bit of a different line on this game as well, but with that said, Dane Dunning, he is going up against his former team in the Chicago White Sox, but you take a look at what Dunning has been able to do at home. It's been rather impressive. 342 home ERA in nine starts. Has allowed six home runs in 50 innings. He is strikeouts per nine rate right around 8.7-ish when he's been at home with an opponent's batting average of 228. That goes to a 301 when he's on the road. On the road, he hasn't given up the deep ball too much more, but his walks per nine rate raises by nearly a full walk per nine innings, and his ERA goes up to a 508, and he is 0-5 on the road thus far this season. Meanwhile, you do take a look at this White Sox bullpen, and it's been a little bit of a mess, as you've got Reynaldo Lopez currently on the injured list. Joe Kelly has been able to do a very solid job of giving games away with north of a 5 ERA. Jake Diekman is not the answer for this bullpen. Matt Foster is north of a 4 ERA. Kendall Graben, Liam Hendricks. These are really the two guys that you're able to rely upon. We'll give Jimmy Lambert a little bit of a shout out. He's been solid as well, but you've got Matt Moore and Brock Burke. A pair of guys with a sub-2 ERA. Now, Dennis Santana, Gert Richards, these two guys have went straight down the toilet bowl. They now have north of 5 ERAs over the last 35 days. North of 10 ERAs, but that said, you still have some relatively good bullpen pitching from this team as well. Josh Shorbich, I think is going to be able to calm down after he wanted missing much of the season due to injury. Jonathan Hernandez has been able to provide a sub-3 ERA for the Texas Rangers team. You've got a lot of balanced offense with this team. It is headlined by Corey Seager being able to supply 24 home runs thus far this season. He's been able to hit about a 250 overall, and then you've got Ada Lise Garcia, Marcus Simeon, along Jonah Heim, only between about a 241 to a 255. Heim has 13 home runs, and then Simeon and Garcia entered into Friday with 33 total home runs. Nate low, hitting about a 285. He's went 15 times. Cole Callen, it's been a little bit of a hot mess, but Leody Tavares is hitting above a 300 for the Chicago White Sox. His team is in the bottom five in the big leagues in terms of home runs on a per-game basis. Now, they do have the highest batting average on the road of any team out there in baseball. Luis Robert, Jose Abreu, Tim Anderson, all these guys hang at least a 295 for this team. Andrew Vaughn has been able to do so as well, but Yoel Moncada, Yasmani Grandal, they both have had lost season for this team at this point. Eloy Jimenez, since coming out of the injured list, he's been able to do a solid job as well, but with Michael Kopech, Got to have a little bit of fear that these struggles that he's had recently are just going to continue to manifest themselves. And he has been giving up overall for the year only about 1.1 home runs per nine innings. But over his last, we're going to call it 60 innings, he's been giving up north of a home run and a half per nine innings. Does have a 309 road ERA, but opponents are starting to figure him out with a buck 99 opponent's batting average that just continues to go upward more and more and more. He does have a opponent's batting average of a 253 over the last 30 days. Has been, in my opinion, incredibly lucky that he hasn't given up more of the deep, the deep ball than he has, and I do think that Dane Dunning going to be able to get her Dunning here at home. Do I am saying my toilet at 8.2 with the way that the Rangers are able to go yards so looking over and looking at the Rangers. 973-974 on the betting board. The Kansas City Royals playoffs to the Boston Red Sox. Nathan Eovaldi is going to be going for the Sox, and Daniel Lynch is going to be on the bump for the Royals. The Royals are an underdog of plus 110 and plus 120. Meanwhile, with Boston, they are anywhere between a minus 127 to a minus 130 favorite, and your total on this game is 9. Over is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. The under is anywhere between even a minus 105, and when it comes to Boston, one way up to a minus 138 with them. Nathan Eovaldi certainly has not been himself thus far this season, and the big thing that has been plaguing Nathan Eovaldi has been the deep balls. 
He is right now towards the top of the big leagues in terms of qualifying pitchers in terms of home runs per nine rate. It's right around 1.85, but he has been giving up fewer than two walks per nine innings, and a lot of his struggles this year may have come at Fenway as he's got a 225 road ERA and a 4-0 record in his nine starts when he's been on the road, a 681 home ERA. It just feels like Murphy's Law is in him whenever he's given a start at Fenway. Meanwhile, on the road, things seem to be going quite right for him, and he is going up against the Kansas City Royals team that entering into yesterday, they had scored two runs or fewer in seven out of their last 10 outings. You do have yourself a Royals team that has been able to get a little bit hotter with Salvador Perez and Bobby Wood Jr. getting back into the fold. Both of these guys have a double-digit amount of formers, but with Perez, Vinny Pasquinto, we're able to throw in there someone like a Kyle Isabel, Nick Prado, and then Young Gun and Nate Eaton. All these guys are at 225 or lower. MJ Melendez just above that with right around at 228. So big issue for this bunch. And then for the Boston Red Sox, they've got Rafael Devers back in the fold, and that is massive because he's been able to give the team north of 20 home runs, 375 on base, 320 batting average. Andrew Borgart's is still above 300. J.D. Martinez has seen a little bit of a fall off. He and Eric Cosmer in between about a 272, 280. You do take a look at J.D. Martinez selling. It's been a little bit of a slog for him recently. Hitting below the Mendoza line of 200 over the last 35 days. And then Yomer Sanchez has been a big giant buster Rooney for this team. They wanted to have it a DFA Jackie Bradley Jr. Both of these bullpens are just awful. Overall for the season, the Royals dead last in terms of bullpen ERA in the American League over the last 45 days. Boston Red Sox. Dead last in bullpen ERA. So that is a case in which you've got a bullpen that's been really bad all season and a bullpen that's been very recently bad with the Boston Red Sox. They did wind up giving away Jake Diekman. Darwin Hernandez is someone that we found out you want to absolutely know part of. Edakaza Satomora and John Triber have been relatively consistent. Triber, a sub-2 ERA, but even with Satomora, north of a 550 ERA over the last three days, we have seen things wind up progressing out of him. And then for the Kansas City Royals, Taylor Clark has been able to pick it up. He's got a sub-3 ERA over the last 45 days, but we still have Amir Garrett, who's got north of a 5 ERA, along with Wyatt Mills, Joel Piams, and seeing his ERA go up a little bit, Scott Barlow has been able to, overall for the season, be solid, right around at 230 or so ERA, but we've seen him over the last 15 days, ever since the All-Star break, he's been posting up more like a 4-ish ERA, so that's a bit of a problem for the Royals as well. I do think that Nathan Eovaldi going to be able to find it on the road, and especially against a guy in Daniel Lynch on the flip side, who just has not been able to do a great job with his command to say the least. You take a look at Mr. Lynch, and this is someone whose walks per nine rate is hovering in the neighborhood about a 3.9. He's been giving up right around 1.1 home runs per nine innings, and he's got good swing and miss stuff. Nine and a half strike cuts per nine innings, but a 5.97 home ERA, giving up five bombs in 28 and two thirds innings. Opponents overall inning at 279 off of him. He has been off and on injured this season as well. Not a good spot here for the Royals, in my opinion. I'm going to be willing to lay it with the Boston Red Sox. You might have saying my total at 8.8. I do think that you're going to get the best of Eovaldi in this spot as well. So I'm going to be taking a look at this total under. And I'm going to be taking a look at the Red Sox. 975-976 on the bang board. The Toronto Blue Jays, they're going to be on the road. They're going to be facing off against the Minnesota Twins. As Dylan don't come, Al Bundy is going to be going for the Twins. And Mitch White is on the bump for Toronto. We did not know we were going to be getting Mitch White until the evening time on Friday, which is why this game is off the board. But I've got this as about as close to a pick as you can get. Set the Blue Jays out of minus 102. May my total 9.3. Nine or less, I'm going to be taking a look at the over. Nine and a half or higher to the under. If this game were in Toronto, certainly you would have a big advantage when it comes to this Blue Jays bunch. But with Dylan Don't Call him Al Bundy, he has been pitching much more differently when he has been at home rather than on the road. Overall for the season, 6-5 record with a 5.04 ERA, which doesn't make a lot of sense. But three out of those wins have come at home where he's got a 261 home ERA, giving up three home runs 
bombs and 31 innings at home, 11 bombs and 58 and a third innings on the road. And opponents, they had 209 off of them in Minnesota, north of three bills on the road. That explains that. Meanwhile, for Mitch White, he wanted coming over at the trade deadline by the LA Dodgers. Always a guy that I didn't think was great, but at the same time, he's serviceable for the season. A 370 ERA, had a 468 ERA away from Los Angeles, but I don't necessarily read too much out of that. He's been giving up right around one home run per nine innings. Big thing for Mitch White is walks. P throughout his career has had a little bit of a command issue, giving up right around three walks per nine innings, right around seven and a half punch outs per nine as well. And over his last four starts with Los Angeles, nine runs, eight of which were earned, surrendered by him in two home runs. So once again, a guy that's not great, a guy that's not terrible. I trust in him a little bit more than you say Kikuchi already to this point. And for the Toronto Blue Chase, they do back him up with a really good lineup as you've got Vlad Guerrero Jr., north of 20 home runs, does a great job getting on base hitting at 285, and then on top of that, Matt Chapman, over the last three days, he's been hitting north of a 320. He's been able to do a good job of being able to go yards. You've got Teoscar Hernandez, Ramiel Tapia for the season, hitting north of a 275, but both of these guys have really been able to find it ever since their early season struggles. When Merrifield isn't a guy that does a lot for me, Boba Shett, I think that he's going to need to be a big part of this team moving forward, but it does wind up giving George Springer a day off with having Whit Merrifield in the fold, and then for the Minnesota Twins, got a lot of consistency when it comes to this lineup, as you've got guys like Nick Gordon, Carlos Correa, Jose Miranda, all these guys in between about a 268 to a 280, even someone like a Gilberto Cicino that doesn't see a lot of starts. He has been solid. Luis Arias has been able to have 325. Great little setter for the team. The big key is got to get a little bit more average out of Byron Buxton. He's been hitting 26 home runs. The tank shots are amazing. He's hitting a T20 right now, and you don't have a lot of power outside of him. You do have Miranda, Alonjo, Rochella throwing their Carlos Correa all between 10 and 13 home runs. Adore Palanco has went to 14 times, only about a 240, but a 350 on base, but the Minnesota Twins. I also do like their bullpen a little bit better. Got a lot of guys who are able to come in, give you multiple innings and be able to hold down the fort as Yohan Duran has certainly been able to do that. Giovanni Morin has been solid out there in the bullpen. Trevor McGill wound up having some falters a little bit earlier in the week, but they also bring in Michael Fulmer. All these guys have a sub 3-3 ERA. Orde Lopez, he certainly fortifies that as well. And for the Toronto Blue Jays, you do have guys I trust in the bullpen. David Phelps, Yimmy Garcia, Adam Simber, all these guys posting up a sub 3-3 ERA. Jordan Romano, a little bit of an underrated closer as well. So I've got darn near a pick game in this one. Going to lay up to a minus 102 here with the Blue Jays. Nine or less looking at this total over nine and a half prior to the under. 977, 978. Part of that Angels versus Mariners double dip. So we go to the interleague game. 979, 980 on the betting board. The Baltimore Orioles, they are going to be playing us the Pittsburgh Pirates. As JT Burbaker is going to be going for the Buccos. And Austin Voth is going to be on the bump for Baltimore. Baltimore between a minus 135 to a minus 145 favorite. Plus 120 to a plus 125 is your price on Pittsburgh. As you're finding the total at nine. Half over between minus 110 and minus 115. The under is anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110. When it comes to Baltimore, want to make them a favorite of a minus 172 as Austin both coming off of his longest start of the year. Five scoreless innings against the Cincinnati Reds. A bullpen want to blinding him down a little bit there, but I don't think that we're going to be seeing a repeat of this for the Pittsburgh Pirates. They rank in the bottom three in terms of their bullpen ERA, and they did wind up trading away a few pieces at the trade deadline. Now, the good news for them is that they still do have quite a bit of the bullpen pieces from earlier in the season because the start was so bad. Tyler Beatty, he could conceivably come out of the bullpen in this one, but Will Crow, Chase Young, Yuri De Los Santos, all these guys giving you a sub-3-4 ERA, really, other than De Los Santos. All those guys will give you multiple innings as well. They're kicking the tires on Yohan Ramirez, guy that has been very up and down in his career. It's been a down year for him with north of a 6 ERA, but I do think that he's got a little bit of potential, but still, these guys have very much been struggling, and for Austin Voth, 
Ever since he has gotten to Baltimore, it has been a godsend from a north of 10 ERA while he was out there with the Washington Nationals. Meanwhile, with Baltimore, posting up a 284 ERA. Not a guy that's going to necessarily blow you away with his strikeout stuff, but is getting right around nine strikeouts per nine innings. It's just been a guy that has went out there for the most part, went like three to four innings, went five minutes last start, and has been able to hold down the Ford end. He's backed up by a Baltimore Orioles bullpen that has been absolutely amazing as Keegan Aiken, Joey Kreeble. You wind up trading away Ore Lopez, so that winds up hurting this bullpen a little bit, but you still have out there someone like a Felix Bautista, CNL Perez, all these guys posting up a sub 250 ERA, and then for the Orioles, very good balance when it comes to this lineup. As you've got Cedric Mullins, Ryan McKenna, Ryan Mountcastle, Austin the Sayes Kid, Anthony Santander, and Adelie Rushman in between about a 252 260. Coming into the series, Santander has been the main matcher for the team. 19 home runs as Austin A's, Ryan Mountcastle, both of these guys between 12 and 14 home runs, and Ode Mateo. He is right now one of the leaders in the big leagues in terms of stolen bases with north of 25. He's been able to supply 10 home runs, and you take a look at him over the last three days, he's been able to 290. Meanwhile, for the Pittsburgh Pirates, certainly it's been a case in which you haven't had a lot of firepower in this offense. Brian Reynolds is someone that I certainly do like. He's been able to provide 16 home runs. He's hitting right around 255. And Michael Chavis, when he's gotten at bats, he's been solid as well. I've had a young outfielder be able to come to the fold into Copica Maticano. He's been able to about a 260 as well. And then you do have Cabrian Ace, Ben Gamble, posing between a 320 to a 335 on base, but Onyo Cruz, you're able to throw in there Cal Mitchell, Gregory Allen, pretty much the entirety of the catcher spot, not named Jason DeLay, Belay Madres. These guys are running at 225 or lower, so that is a big-time issue. And JT Burbaker, he's been able to do a much better job on the road this year than he has in past years last season. He wound up having an ERA that was north of 6 on the road, and while he's got that Grody 2-9 record, he does have a 371 road ERA. He's been able to cut down on the Last year was giving up just barely under two home runs per nine innings thus far this season. It's more like one home run per nine innings. The command has been earning him a little bit, right around 3.8 walks per nine innings. So always do take note of that. But over the last three days, you take a look at his last four starts. He's been able to do a little bit better job, nine walks and 22 and a third innings. I do think that Brubaker going to be able to lend a professional start, but I do think that the bullpen of the Orioles going to be able to eat them up. And I like the way that both has been able to progress. One we'll lay up to a minus 172 with the Orioles. Don't necessarily want the run line in this spot because I do think that it's going to be low scoring with both of these offenses. Semi total at 88.2. Looking under and looking Orioles. 981, 982 on the bang board. The Oakland A's are going to be playing us to the San Francisco Giants. Carlos Rodon is going to be going for the Giants. And Adam Aller is going to be on the bump for Oakland. 7.5 is your total. Over and under both at minus 110 with San Francisco. Finding them between minus $2 and minus 205 on the money line. Between plus 175 and plus 185. Your price on Oakland was willing to lay up to a minus 224 on the Giants on the money line. Question becomes, what is your run line? Right now, anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120 is that price. I was willing to lay up to a minus 130, and that's where we are going to be looking because Carlos Rodon, he did wind up having a little bit of a rough go of it coming out of the All-Star break, but if you take a look at the games that he wound up pitching in, he got absolutely no support from the fielding whatsoever, including a ball getting lost in the lights in his start against the LA Dodgers, so that contributes to why this man wound up giving up five runs in two out of his three starts coming out of the break. He looked much more like himself with seven scoreless innings on Sunday Night Baseball, and I do think that that's the Carlos Rodon that we're going to be getting here as he's been able to do a great job getting swings and misses right around 11 punch-outs per nine innings on top of that. He's kept the ball in the yard, 0.6 home runs per nine innings on the road. Five bombs given up in 72 innings, and now he goes to Oakland where it is as pitcher-friendly as it gets. First start against Oakland this year, wound up giving up one run over the course of six innings. 
setting so I could see a replay of this because with Oakland, let's call it what it is. They certainly were not buyers at the trade deadline. I do recognize the fact that the Oakland A's have actually been able to pick it up just a little bit with their offense. And it typically happens when you wind up going up against teams like the Angels as they've been able to score four plus runs. I believe not six out of their last 10 games, but you do have Seth Brown. He's able to give you 16 home runs, but you don't have a guy that has given you more than 40 at-bats. And it's currently hitting above at 245 for this bunch. LeBron Laureano is able to draw a few walks, but these home numbers for Oakland are just absolutely deplorable. They are hitting barely above the middles line of a 200 when they are at home. Elvis Andrews has been able to give you a little bit of something as he's hitting at 235 at home, but overall, Demons hitting a 203 and the team has 34 home runs in 51 games at home thus far this season. You just need a little bit more out of guys like Chad Pinder and company. Now, Sean Murphy he has been able to do a nice job overall this season, hitting right around 240 double digit amount of homers at home. That winds up sinking to right around 200. Now, for the A's, the good news for them is that they've got a solid bullpen. AJ Puck, you're able to throw in their Zach Jackson, Domingo Acevedo, being able to give you a sub three ERA. They do wind up getting back Danny Jimenez as well. Guy that's been a little bit banged up this season should be able to do a solid job. Sam Wall, he's also been able to give you a sub three ERA. Meanwhile, for the San Francisco Giants, the bullpen, it has been an issue for this bunch as currently they rank in the bottom eight in the big leagues in terms of bullpen ERA. You do still have a couple of solid pieces as Camille Duvall, Jarlon Garcia, John Brebbia. These guys have sub three ERAs, but when you get to guys like Junior Marte and Dominique Leon, it has been very deplorable as you take a look at Dominique Leon and the last 45 days for him, and he's been posting up north of a 5 ERA that has really been hurting the San Francisco Giants team, but I do think that Carlos Rodon and the way that he's been pitching is going to be able to help fortify that and not allow the bullpen to wind up lighting this game on fire. Meanwhile, with Adam Aller, 7.68 ERA, he has given up at least 3 runs in each out of his last 3 starts. Really, the only time he hasn't given up more than 3 runs is when he was being utilized as a bullpen piece. He's been giving up a little bit over 2.5 home runs per 9 innings. His walks per 9 rate is north of 5. This is a guy that they are just hoping that he can wind up being able to build a little bit of confidence for the future, even though he's 27 years old in his four starts at home this far this season. He has allowed 18 runs, 17 of which were earned in 17 innings. This is just an unbackable side here with the Oakland A's. I'm going to be one to take the Giants on the run line. Do you mind if saying my total is 7.4? Because I do think that Carlos Rodon can hold down the Oakland A's and hold them to three or fewer. So, looking at the run line of the Giants and the under, and we wrap things up 983, 984 on the bank board. The New York Yankees are on the road facing off against the St. Louis Cardinals, says Jordan Montgomery. He's going to be going for the cards, and Domingo Herman is on the bump for the Yankees. Yankees between minus 110 and minus 120 favorites. Between even money and plus 105, your price on St. Louis. Total is 8 with the over and the under, both at minus 110. Do you mind my total in 8.7? And I'm going to be willing to take a shot here on Domingo Herman. I just do not like Jordan Montgomery in this spot because he's going up against a team that literally traded him less than, I would say, a week ago with Jordan Montgomery. He's been relatively solid this year. This is not to say that he's not going to have success with the St. Louis Cardinals because I think that he's going to be relatively solid in this ballpark. And you take a look at his home and road splits. 372 home ERA, 365 road ERA. This guy's steady Eddie where he pitches. He's been giving up right around 1.25 home runs per nine innings thus far this year. Not going to blow you away. A little bit over seven strikeouts per nine innings. Bones at 236 off of him and he gives up right around 1.8 walks per nine innings. It's just the fact that the New York Yankees know exactly what he throws and him not having a lot of time to be able to change it prior to the start. That is going to be an issue in my opinion as you got a guy by the name of Aaron Judge who currently has 43 home runs this far this season and is hitting a 300. Matt Carpenter, I have no idea where this is coming from but he's hitting right around a 325. His home runs 
per at-bat rate is right around 8. It is insane. Labor Torres has been able to 250 for the team. He's got a double-digit amount of homers. Maybe deal with an injury to John Carlos in, but he's still got Anthony Rizzo out there. He's been able to give you 25-plus home runs. Isaiah Canerfa-Leffa sitting at 275. DJ Mayu nearly a 400 on base for him. And for the St. Louis Cardinals, they do have their two main matchers in Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt. Firing all cylinders, a combined 46 home runs. Arenado sitting right around 295-331 for Paul Goldschmidt. Right now, the odds-on favorite to be able to win MVP in the National League. And then on top of that, you have been able to get some good at-bats out of Tommy Edmond, who's been one of the top base dealers out there in the big leagues now. Bottom of the full, Lars Nupar, Yadier Molina, you're able to throw in there, Albert Pujols, Paul DeYoung, all these guys, I mean, a 235 or lower, but with the Cardinals, they do back up Mr. Montgomery with a relatively solid bullpen, and a lot of guys like Packy Naughton, Genesis Cabrera, that are able to give you multiple innings. Ryan Elsley has been able to give this team a sub one year. He has been amazing out there in the bullpen. Giovanni Gagos, right around 335 year. He's been a little bit touch and go, but he's got nasty stuff in them for the New York Yankees. Clay Holmes, even though we've seen a little bit of regression with him, he still has a sub two ERA. Ron Mananakio, Wani Peralta, Lucas Lutke, all these guys have been able to register a sub-3 ERA. They get Scott Efres at the trade deadline. Aroldo Chapman has been a hot mess, but still very good bullpen with this Yankees team, but I do think that Domingo Armand is going to wind up giving up a few runs. His first start of the year wound up being cataclysmically bad against the Astros, where he winds giving up five runs over the course of three innings. Has held it down ever since then against the Mariners and the New York Mets in the last two starts, a combined nine and two-thirds innings, giving up four runs. He did wind up giving up two home runs across those two starts, but I think that's a little bit more of what we can expect from Domingo Armand. Nothing great, nothing terrible. Turns it over to the bullpen. Who's going to be able to do their part? I do think that familiarity going to wind up being very bad for the Cardinals in this spot. Willing to lay up to a minus 117 with the Yankees. So, looking Yankees, semi-chill at an 8.7. So, looking over as well. Now, we'll wrap things up for the Saturday edition of the Baseball Betting Show. Now, part of the VEASAN Family Podcast. Big thanks to Scott Seidenberg, who you're able to hear on the look at on VEASAN. He joined me in the last segment. If you do like hearing from this fine podcast, Baseball Betting Show, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment, idea, whatever you for this podcast, you do have one or two ways we go farther this in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GNN underscore one. Keep in mind, letters DM. It mean, does not matter, so as per usual, please just send these into the timeline. The other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated from there. You're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Find that five star review coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season. It means I'm coming at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. 
Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart.